0: Hello, hello.
1: Hey Drake. Hey
0: Twiggy. What's up? How are you? I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Good.
0: Good. Hey everyone. We are so excited to welcome you all back to Two Twigs.
1: Two Twigs.
0: Twigs
1: In In a (laughs) pod. my cheeks oh, yeah, hurt it.
0: yeah two twigs <laughs> in a pod y'all
1: <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> welcome back welcome back this is our weekly catch-up where we chat about life love art society and anything else we feel like talking about in the moment um for today's episode we are so excited and honored to be talking about all things black history present and future
1: yes I First of all, love my people, love Black people. And um, mm. I'm thrilled to talk with you about Black people who have paved the way, Black artists who are inspiring and creating change, and then just continuing this visibility and support for the Black community um, 365 days of the year.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it just the the fact that it kind of has to be you know slammed into a month for like the world to like honor black people is you know um silly to me we definitely need to be just being aware <laughs> of that all year round and acknowledging yeah. that and honoring honoring black people every day on a daily basis. Um, but yeah it's 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 cool that we get to kind of take this designated moment to really really dive in and learn learn some stuff, educate ourselves a little bit.
1: Absolutely. Um, And just a fun fact that I learned this year in a Black Studies class that I was taking um, was that Black History Month actually started as a week. The founder is uh, Carter G. Woodson. And um, he was a historian, I mean, I'm talking about like in the early 1900s, he was a historian Mm -hmm. and a writer, uh, and a black activist. So this is nothing new, you know, black activism Mm -hmm. is nothing new because of the history of this country. But so Black History Week was founded by um, Carter G. Woodson in 1926. And then over time, it has developed into a month. And then, you know, over Mm -hmm. time, it will just be developed into our society, you know, because black history, I mean, it started as an American tradition, um, but black history is is world history because the black diaspora, the African diaspora spread throughout the world. So we see that big push today. That's like, it's not just American history, um, it's world history, but I would like to see it be honored definitely more than a month, but as part of American history and not like a separate uh, thing. Absolutely,
0: yeah. Um,
1: So I'll I'll ask you, what does Black History Month mean to you and what ways are you celebrating?
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it it means to me, it's for sure a celebration of African-American culture, Black culture. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think it's, it's a designated moment in time for African-Americans, um, for Black people to celebrate their history and mm-hmm. um, everything that comes with that. And I definitely think from a white person's perspective, it is a moment to kind of just like step aside and kind of like, for lack of a better term, uh, just kind of like be quiet and listen yeah. and educate ourselves on um, the history of Black culture. Uh, so yeah, I mean, definitely, um, educating ourselves, but also like rejoicing and celebrating the culture. Um, yeah, yeah, like I said before, something that we should be doing on the daily basis. Um, but I really feel like it's an important time for us, um, to celebrate the Black contributions to society, past, present, and definitely the people who are paving the way for the future. Um, Yeah, because it's a culture that continues to inspire generations, create generations. And it has been since the beginning of time. Um, So I think it's a time to reflect on the pain as well and the hardships, the trauma Mm -hmm. that Black people have dealt with for forever. um, And also to kind of like just blossom from that um, in a united way for more progression and understanding. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. What about you, Tuggy?
1: It's so interesting because I feel this pressure to celebrate Black History Month. And for me, it feels like a juxtaposition because especially in today's society, like we're learning to just celebrate Blackness, you know? And so just like you said, like, it's unfortunate that it has to be jammed into a month, but I don't celebrate Black History Month the same way that I celebrate like Valentine's Day because I'm a Black American. So I've learned and retrained myself to celebrate my Blackness just eternally, you know, everything that I feel like I'm doing that leads society and our culture and the human race into a more loving and forward thinking space. Um, I think, is celebrating Black history. You know, we're here for these moments and times, but that will be part of my legacy. So, but in terms of like, how am I specifically celebrating Black history? Ways that I'm trying to participate is um, uplifting Black artists, you know, giving them space on my Instagram, buying from, you know, Black entrepreneurs and just really celebrating exclusively Black people um, in this month, as you said, just kind of putting everything else on hold and mute and just really honoring my community, you know, that has been overlooked for so long. So I'm trying to celebrate that through social media um, with Mm -hmm. everyone else, just just heightening the visibility even more. And Yeah. um, yeah, so Black History Month to me means just the world spotlighting black contributions and again just reframing my thought of black being this american thing you know we learned so much about how and you see this in other cultures not wanting to be associated with black because for so long in america it was um it was evil, it was, it was less than, you know, so Mm -hmm. you have people of different African descent that have disassociated themselves with the world. And now we see people coming back together and claiming their blackness, you know, it's always kind of been a split 50 50 divide, like, well, I'm not black. I'm Caribbean. Well, I'm not black. I'm African, you absolutely are black. You know, it's a a diaspora that all stems from Africa. Mm. Um, So it's, Me as an African American, just learning to extend my arms. Well, I've always felt this way. When I go to uh, even some of the Latin American countries, I'm like, y'all are Black folks. You know, like if if there's slave Mm. history here, definitely best believe that those slaves more than likely came from Africa. There is an African diaspora. You are my brother in Blackness, no matter what language, no matter what part of the world you're from. So just really, reclaiming my thoughts on Blackness and extending that to this global community um, has been Mm. really big for me in celebrating Black history.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, I think that especially for people who who aren't related to the culture, um, it's definitely a time to, a, a designated moment in the year that more than ever, you should definitely like be uplifting Black people. You should be creating space on your social platforms for Black people, buying from Black businesses. I agree 100%. I think that's kind of like the best way to quote unquote, celebrate it. Um, Especially, Mm -hmm. especially if you're not Black, you know what I mean? Um, Because like you said, that's something you are, that's something that you live with every day that something that you experience every day so I can imagine um from my perspective how trying to like see that in like a moment in time and inside of the month of February how that can be like conflicting Um, yeah but yeah absolutely yeah I mean ways that I'm like quote unquote celebrating is definitely trying to like educate myself more, ask questions, listen and learn. And also just like, just like be there as support in, in any way, like whatever that means, you know what I mean? So, Mm -hmm.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I love that.
0: Um, so just continuing the conversation a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's hard, to, it's hard to really like talk about Black culture without um, acknowledging the trauma and also the resistance and ignorance towards Black people, towards Black culture um, that we experience in this world. Um, so what are your thoughts on those things? How can we like unpack that information?
1: Um, when I think about ways to unpack trauma and resistance and ignorance towards black culture I think that it has to be just as conscious as the efforts were to get us to this place in the first place so nothing that we see around the world and in this country in regards to black people uh, is by accident you know just mm-hmm. like we know like babies are not born with hate you don't grow up hating people. Uh, mm-hmm. So th- these things, this racism that we see, this prejudice, this inequality, um, this is all institutionalized, you know, from it's sewn into the fabric of our society, from the way that we were brought mm-hmm. to this country, to the way that laws were crafted and created to benefit a group of people, to benefit white people and, and, and not mm-hmm. benefit black people. So, I think that what you said about education is really important. Like anyone can say, oh, I'm not racist. Oh, I'm not prejudiced. But if everything that we're doing in our society is inflicting harm on people, um, then then we absolutely are then, you know. So I think that Mm -hmm. you have to really learn the true history and the measures that were taken to dehumanize Black people so that we can learn to rehumanize Black people. Um, it's not enough to just say I'm colorblind. It's not enough to just say I have Black friends like you. If you want mm. to be doing the work, you have to center your entire thought process around how you were raised and how this country was built. So it's it's understanding mm-hmm. what the Black plight is. I grew up in a relatively well-off neighborhood, we didn't have a lot of money, but we had a lot of resources. So I was privileged in my Black life and I still feel the pressures of being Black in society. I still feel guilt for existing in spaces that I know that my my white counterparts don't even have a second thought, you know? So there's trauma that... Are so embedded in us that we don't even realize that they're traumatic. You know, understanding our hair culture, understanding that sometimes we have to change the way that we are so that society doesn't say, Yup, you know, that's exactly what we thought of you in terms of like being loud or being boisterous or just normal things. When I see white people taking liberties that I so much would never take. Um, That to me is traumatizing because it's like, it's the constant thought of like, well, if a black person did that, it would not be accepted. You know, we saw Mm -hmm. it at the Capitol. I saw it one incident that sticks out in my life. It's so very small and minute, but I remember I was working at a restaurant and, um, it was a a fine dining restaurant. So like, not just a bar or a bistro and Mm -hmm. you had to see the hostess to be sat. It was very limited seating. And this white man walks in and pulls up his chair. He, he happened to see his friends dining in and he walked in and pulled up his chair from another table that wasn't sat, that was actually being reserved for someone else, just pulled up his chair and makes himself part of the party. And I just yeah. was like, you just feel a right to own and dominate this space. You don't see anything wrong with what you're doing. Like you came in through the side door. <laughs> just the entitlement. Like, <laughs> the know. entitlement. And now you're taking up a table. Like there's only like 20 seats in this restaurant and we are about to be overcapacitated. Like we're about mm-hmm. to be past capacity. And, and no one has you... a problem. No one has a problem. And you want to snap your fingers and order from the waitress. Like this was a party of two.
0: We didn't have room for a
1: party of three. And here you are making yourself a party of three and demanding service. And that is such a small instance of things that we see every day when we say entitlement and privilege. And it's not that we want to have the same things. Like, I don't think anyone should do that. Like, I just, I'm so self-aware and not wanting to cause a problem for society or other people that I would never just disrespect the entire establishment like that. But we want people to be aware that they function this way. And it's because no one has ever questioned you the way Mm -hmm. that we've been questioned and scrutinized, you know? Yeah. as, as a 33-year-old woman, I still am not trying to look guilty or shifty in a store. I won't go from shelf to purse because someone could accuse me of stealing, and that could be the end of my life. Yeah. That's trauma. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I you know, And I, I don't have a criminal record. I haven't stolen. But those are things that, plague Black people on a level that really only Black people could understand. Um, So it's sewn into the fabric of our society. And we have to talk about those things and why those things are happening, why why they have been a part of it. And then, you know, and, and part of the resistance and ignorance is people not, it's uncomfortable. You know, people don't want to acknowledge that other people are suffering that's suffering to me you know and i can't just be myself in society um because of the way that black people have always been perceived so um yeah you know but and then then the more frustrating part is in terms of black culture everyone wants to be a part of it we're seeing it being so appropriated you know
0: that's the tea
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is the tea. Black people have built the American culture. When you think of America, you think of mm-hmm. soul food. When you think of America, you think of jazz music. When you think of America, you think of a lot of things that Black people have brought to this mm-hmm. nation and have been kept away from. So it's ghetto to wear your hair a certain way. And now we see people all over the world wearing their hair these ways we see people all over the world shaping their bodies these ways where we were told that yeah. our booties were too big our lips were too full and now you see people getting lip injections and booty injections so literally just, you know so and it, it's it's so beyond the superficial it's it's a mentality like pop music and pop stars now look like the video vixens from the 90s that couldn't mm-hmm. you know be seen as human beings they it could they were seen as sexual objects and now women are liberated and doing the things that people were doing in hip-hop you know it just it just bleeds yeah. over so it's like you have yeah. to know and see and understand this history and that to me would be like a great way to unpack the trauma and why it's hurt these communities, um, my community for so long. Mm-hmm. And then again, that's global, we see the appropriation with every culture, you know, we see the, the white supremacy everywhere. When I was in Bali, the biggest thing that I saw <clears throat> were creams for skin bleaching. These are people that had melanin in their skin, my was like mine, and darker, and their number one priority was lightening their skin. So it's just mm. like, it's, it's a global thing, this anti-blackness, you know, this anti-pigmentation, except for when it's time to tan, then everyone wants to be a bronze beauty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that, that was a lot, (laughs) but your second part of the question I think was how do we uplift and honor that? Um, I think through visibility and through respect Mm -hmm. and, you know, in the beginning I talked about like rehumanizing, not that we were ever subhuman, but Mm -hmm. just shifting our minds to the fact that people are human beings and we're all individuals. And um, yes, there's a shared culture, but really beginning to see people for what they are people, you know, so you can't, Make me the same as this black woman that you know, or you can't yeah. make, you know, this person the the example for all black people across the world. Um, yeah. If you want to be reaching for equality you have to look at people's humanism first and be able to like empathize and put yourself in similar situations. You know, we see with police brutality, there's all of this resistance about, oh, this person did this and this person, you know, he resisted arrest or she resisted or she got smart with the officer. And it's like, how many times have you given attitude to people? How many times do, if your body is being banged around, are you gonna wanna resist or are you just gonna- You know, it just, these are human instincts, and we have to think about Mm -hmm. people as human beings before the color of their skin. We all want the same thing. We all want life and sunshine and food and shelter and happiness, you know? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: I agree 100%.
1: I mean, for me, like,
0: I feel like just from a white person's perspective, like, number one you have to acknowledge like everything that you're saying you have to acknowledge that and know that that's true and also like stop being afraid to admit that you're innately naturally racist like I think that's like the number one issue that white people don't want to like be accused of being racist or say like I'm not racist like you said because I have black friends or this or that and even me who I grew up in a black neighborhood in Philly and all of my friends were black and I'm telling you right now that I'm innately racist like I was born with a conditioning wh- regardless of if my family and parents feel now that they they've changed they made an effort to change but they were born with the same mentality and so was I. I was raised even though I was raised in a black community I was taught things from society from family to be innately racist so like i feel like that's the first step like admitting that the good thing about that is you can change you can make an effort you can make a huge 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 effort to shift that uh narrative to shift your perspective and to do exactly what you're saying is just see people as being people and it's not about being colorblind it's not about people saying i don't see color that's not what i mean i just mean understanding that 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 person exists on the same planet that you do. And Mm. also acknowledging that, yeah, Black people exist, but we're all people, you know what I mean? So for me, like for white people, we need to have conversations, we need to do research, we need to listen and talk and like, try to understand people in general, but we need to do that with Black people. Um, we consume everything else, but we have a really hard time like digesting truth and like other people's truths and other people's experiences. Um, mm. Like we want, the fruits, we want the fruits of the labor. We, we want the glamorous benefits of black culture, like you said, but we don't acknowledge the work, the pain, the experience the lives, the stories, and the humanity of Black people. Like, we need to be more aware. We need to be more curious about where our pleasures come from and who created them. Um, all these pleasures that we take part in that are from the Black experience. You know what I mean? Like, white people specifically, and you said it already, but we have this tendency to, like, dawn culture... Um, not even just Black culture, just like other people's cultures in general, without, <laughs> knowing, without knowing the origins and in the same moment, like stomping on those origins blindly. You know what I mean? We need to have more understanding. We need to be more educated. It's as simple as that. Acknowledging the Black experience, even if that means literally sitting down and just having a conversation with a Black person about their life about their experience about what they deal with on a daily basis listening to what you're saying to me right now you know what i mean like there's a lack of understanding and curiosity which creates the lack of caring like and a lack mm-hmm. of empathy and like which breeds white entitlement like a sense that like everything is made for for white people you know what i mean white culture has like completely stolen black culture like for all its worth it's like painted it the color that it prefers and it shoves all the truths of black culture to decide and hates and hates it and to me it's it's disgusting but that that's what we're living with um yeah so
1: I mean can you think about can you think about like how (laughs) black people are feared so heavily I mean and and what breeds fear like Ignorance, like not knowing, you know. If you know someone, mm-hmm. you don't fear them. If you know Big Tony from up the block and you've been working with exactly. him all these years, you don't fear him. But if you see him coming from a mile away and you don't know anything about this big black man, you're gonna be in fear instead of just realizing that he's just a big person. You know, you don't have mm-hmm. those same fears towards like a a, a large white man, or if you see a group of boisterous, young black teenage girls, you're going to label them as something. But if you're in the mall and you see those same wild teenage white girls, you're not either going to think anything or you're going to think, oh, they're just young, you know, so there's just all of this, like, Mm -hmm. labeling and distancing and fear. So like what you said about like curiosity, allowing that to inform you and leaning into that a little bit, Um, I think it's so absolutely true but my whole point in saying that was is that everybody wants to be tough and spit the rap lyrics and throw up the Mm -hmm. signs that they don't even realize like what they mean and and have the b-boy stance I sound like I'm 33 at this point
0: (laughs) I mean Um,
1: (laughs) you know, on Instagram, you're, you're, you're rapping yeah. and you, you're doing all of these things and you actually yeah. like dislike black people. And that yeah. is like, it just, it hasn't changed. I was watching a documentary on, um, which everyone should see on, um, HBO about move movement that happened in Philadelphia, where the mayor Mm. essentially like dropped a bomb on this house. And, you know, these people were completely brutalized. And it's a whole situation. But what stuck Mm. with me the most was it was the exact same rhetoric that we hear in today's society, when police are brutal, when police are brutalizing black people and at this point it's teenage girls it's young yeah. black men it's nine-year-old yeah. girls I saw a nine-year-old girl get pepper sprayed like just and it's the same rhetoric that happened this mm-hmm. was in um 85 you know so now we're talking almost 25 years ago mm-hmm. and and So these things are not changing, and as much visibility as we're seeing and as much forward progress, Black people are still endangered every day by law enforcement and these are fears that I live with every day when my man steps out of the house thinking about my brother being in Philadelphia still and knowing how racist the Philadelphia Police Department is and how you know so it's just the, the again with the trauma it's 2021 and Black people are still being terrorized and the trauma of the entire American history still sits with us because we're so vulnerable and we are so unprotected, you know, and yeah. very, so you have to understand in, in exactly what you said, know all of that, um, that these experiences are real. But onto yeah. a much brighter note, let's talk <laughs> about Black artists who, um, or let's talk about Black leaders of the past who resonate with us so much. Who would you say cool. um, has been someone that has inspired you?
0: Ooh, I mean, there's a few for sure. A lot of them are, are artists. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first person that comes to mind is Michael Jackson. I know there's like a lot of controversy ar- around, around him, but um, I just feel that he was so genuine and so pure as just, like, a human being, an artist, and I I don't know the whole story, but it's just as unfortunate the way, like, things kind of went down for him, and it's it's sad to think that a lot of it had to do with him being Black and how powerful Mm. he became for so Mm -hmm. many people, how much of a beacon he was for not only the uh, Black community, but just for the world like and to see how the system kind of like broke him down in ways and like I said I don't know the full story but just from my like perspective of of admiring him as a person and an artist it's it's just unfortunate and I feel like that happens to a lot of really really like well-known Black artists there there Mm -hmm. seems to be this this um kind of like let's take them down like or even Mm -hmm. I don't know this this kind of idea of like a black person can't be like the most influential like music artist we have to do something about this you know what I mean like stuff like that and you you know I think about like Whitney Houston and and her story and just the influence that she's had on on me on on so many people I it's just it's just unfortunate you know but yeah these are people that inspire me I mean I resonate with like of course like dance uh, uh, dance leaders, like you have Katherine Dunham, you have Arthur Mitchell, you have Avon Ale, you have the Nicholas brothers, like all of these people that have literally paved the way, not only for other black artists, but for all of us. Um, and it just goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the conversation, you know, so. Yeah, and I mean, too, like, people people that are inspiring me, like, also, maybe not from the past, but more, like, present, too, that I could think of are, like, Spike Lee, like, Sidra Bell, like, Michaela Cole, mm. Serena Williams, like, Laverne Cox, like, RuPaul, even, like, down to Miss Kim, Kim Bears-Bailey, who is now, like, such an <laughs> yeah. icon for us in the Philly community, yeah. and has, like, stuck with this, has been persistent, in her career with her values Mm. and her vision and and Mm -hmm. now she's like the now she's the director of Philadelphia like the most historic like dance company black dance company in Philadelphia history and it's just like even being like a small part of like her journey you know what I mean it's just like it's so cool I feel so honored and yeah I mean you have Laverne Cox like and it's, it's just amazing to see like what what these people can do what they represent and also seeing them represented like Mm -hmm. in mainstream media like RuPaul like RuPaul's Drag Race a black drag queen who was probably looked at like what the fuck you know what I mean and probably still is but um look at the platform that they created you know what I mean so it's it's just like really cool so Serena Williams like are you kidding me probably like literally the best athlete like ever like exactly yeah. like right now in this moment. Not woman, not black, like just overall, like generally, just probably like the best, like athlete, like the biggest inspiration. So it, it's just cool. And then you think about Sidra Bell, like somebody who's inspired us for so long. Mm-hmm. Um uh choreographing on New York City ballet, like breaking the system, like let's break it, like completely open You know what I mean? So it's it's just cool like to see uh, things like finally starting to happen for these people who have just been like putting in the work just like or not even just like more than these white people who have been quote-unquote influential to us who have most of the time just kind of like it just happens for them you know what I mean so
1: yeah or they've gotten a lot of inspiration or help from black people. We see that exactly. so much as well. You know? Exactly. And yeah. And yeah. I'm not
0: exempt. And I'm not exempt from that either. Like, and and I I acknowledge that my two biggest
1: inspirations
0: as a choreographer are Sidra Bell and Camille A. Brown. Like to mm. a T to no end, like I worship them. I would definitely say that like they inspired me both like equally to continue my journey of being a grader even to like start it and I definitely like am influenced by them in so many ways and I try to as best as I can to like acknowledge that and to like appreciate that and and show my gratitude towards that as opposed to kind of like ripping off something that doesn't belong to me and calling Mm -hmm. it My you know what I mean so (laughs) yeah yeah, and I think there needs there needs to be more of that for sure or just making an effort to to make sure that that's being done you know Mm -hmm. um what about you
1: well I think my top influence of a black person um always comes down to Malcolm X I just Mm -hmm. his story of kind of redemption and finding himself and then remaining true. I mean, he just is one of the most eloquent speakers I think that the world mm-hmm. has ever seen and his philosophies on black people and wanting us to rise just resonates with me. He is my favorite, absolute hands down, favorite historical figure. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I think that he was beautiful and he was committed to family. He was committed to the family structure. He was mm-hmm. very militant, but then also there was a soft side of him that we don't see. I follow all of his daughters um, on Instagram and, you know, his foundation and I just make it a very um, intentional part of my life to live through his legacy and his vision for Black people. So he's like my number one person. And then in terms of like artists, um, two artists of this time that inspire me today that I kind of see as peers, but also icons um, are Samantha Mm -hmm. Figgins, who you have a very Uh. close relationship with beyond just her technical capabilities, like this is a woman that is always the first to support what I'm doing. She is a Hmm. star. Um, She has overcome so much with her own, you know, with being deaf in her right ear. And now she's on this big movement of learning sign language and making the deaf dance community very visible. Mm -hmm. Like I just see her nature of work Um, As inspiring and just irrespective of her stardom. I mean, she is a star. She dances for Alvin Ailey. She's danced for the leading companies in this country and across the world. And there is still something so approachable and so humbling um, so humble about the humility.
0: Her. Yeah, the humility
1: mm-hmm. and the humanity. I mean, and mm-hmm. just to see she's one of the people that has taken her dance career and become an icon, you know, absolutely. And one of my most proud moments was when I was teaching in Bali. And when I was teaching in Indonesia, they didn't know anything about Alvin Ailey dance. And it was like, not only is this an american dance company that you can aspire to this is a black dance company that you can aspire to the best in the world people come from all over to train and to yes. want to be a part of it and it was started yeah. you know by a black man who needed to create his own lane his own avenue and not only that this is my girl and she dances for them, you know? So that was just, and I sat there and watched the videos with the kids. And then I did an Instagram post and she was quick to respond. You know, I'm like, what, what inspiring words do you have for these students, you know? And Mm -hmm. it just, it changed everything from that day on. They worked differently. So she's an artist of this time that's inspiring me. And then the other um lady of dance that I love to watch is Rena Butler. And just, uh, seeing, Rena. yeah, like just seeing her humility and seeing her artistry and just, it's like everything she touches turns to gold. She is just, for me, Truly. the epitome of like humanity, you know? um I love watching her on Instagram. I'm mm-hmm. gagged that she's going to be dancing with Gibney. Um mm-hmm. It just... Her her journey has been really inspiring, and just another Black woman that I can look to and um, see myself in, but also aspire to continue on this path to excellence in artistry. And then, you know, I think about where we come from. I think about Philly. I think about the majority of our teachers being Black. And, you know, I have to give kudos to all of them. My path has been Mm -hmm. paved with Black excellence, you know? And then when I think about Black people of the past, I have to think about my mother, you know, Fatima Ali, who was a champion for arts and education and humanity. And Black people, you know, she always took the job that would connect with the community the most. Um, and well, she was
0: a, a staple in the Philadelphia community in the Black community in Philly, too. You know, such a huge absolutely.
1: inspiration. Such a huge inspiration. Yeah. And I, you know, I grew up her daughter. So I knew like my mom is kind of famous, you know, like she's worked with a lot of um, government entities, she's a a broadcast journalist. So I I understood her clout from one perspective, but it wasn't until her memorial service that it was outside of the church. I mean, the church, and it was a huge church, Summit Church in Philadelphia. It's huge. It was so jam-packed that the the line continued on outside and people were standing outside for her service. People of all ages, all races, all genders. And so I think now like she had a legacy, you know, her impact has been far and wide and the fan mail that was coming in that were devastated at her loss. I just really began to kind of pull apart what her journey was and what her values were. And when I listen to her old radio shows, I'm proud of her in a different way than, oh, she's my mom and she was famous. I'm like, I need to live by this woman's words. You know, some of her, one of her, I'm not gonna say most famous, but one of my favorite quotes of her is when she says, um, you know, read everything you can get your hands on travel the world and never stop investigating, uplifting and cherishing the human experience. And I'm paraphrasing, but essentially mm-hmm. those were her three lessons in life, You know, travel, read and relish in the human experience, in the, in the human spirit, um, I, th- I think is what she said. And that I find myself trying to embody to this day and it just affirms the humanity in my blackness aside from being black like the humanity and what we all can kind of aspire to is is this humanity you know so yeah, yeah. Th- th- those are those are my uplifting <laughs> black uh, Thank folks. you for
0: sharing that yeah
1: thank you um, absolutely
0: absolutely yeah it just it just speaks volumes and you know what your mom has taught you and yeah I just think too like just generally acknowledging our own tiny privileges like for individuals too you know what I mean just like the privileges that um we have just as people in general just like in our own personal experiences and and just like you said in the beginning just like kind of like being human and understanding other people's experiences and and just um empathizing we just need more empathy you know what I mean we need to be Mm -hmm. able to like relate to each other in ways that um require effort and require work Mm -hmm. and require sometimes selflessness and um Yeah, just because somebody doesn't look like you, just somebody doesn't think like you or believe in the same things that you believe in or act like you does not mean that you cannot put in an effort to understand that experience. Um, So yeah, just empathy is such a a beautiful word um, and a beautiful thing too, you know? So we definitely just need more of that. And in this instance, for the Black experience,
1: And you know what, like what what you you just said, it just made me think about putting in the work and putting in the effort and, and consciously saying, like, I'm going to empathize, you know, I'm turning this thought off, and I'm turning this part of myself on, it brought me back to this experience. And this, for me, was an affirming moment, but I remember going to, I think it was like Home Depot with my sisters. This was like years ago. Mm -hmm. And there is this man who was completely deaf and he also could not really speak, but he worked there and he Mm -hmm. needed to help. He was helping us with something. And instead of shooing him off and going to find someone who could more easily help us and understand, because Yeah, instead of like going to find someone else who could help us more easily, I took quite a bit of honor in communicating with this person and him getting me exactly what I needed. And there was just this whole like spark of a relationship between us and nothing Mm -hmm. like... In that moment, I recognized that I could have turned turned away and gone to do something that was easier and more convenient. I needed the help. Um, and yet I, I wanted that moment to be sharing an experience with this person who works there, who clearly knows what he was doing. I just had to find right. a different way to communicate with him. He was deaf and could not speak, you know? Right. Um, and... I just remember leaving that store and feeling not like proud of myself in a cheesy way, but like proud of myself in a human way. Like I just made this connection with this really special person. I got exactly what I needed. And a lot of people would have turned away from that and been harsh or rude or hurtful. And it didn't even take us longer You know, it just took me switching my brain into how can I communicate with this person? Um, And so what you just said about like choosing empathy, it also feels better. Like I felt like I grew spiritually and as a person from that small experience and that experience will stay with me forever. And I will forever be more inclined to lean into a community that society has said Is disabled that society has said cannot you know and i just remember just walking away from that just filled with love and acceptance and feeling like Mm -hmm. a better human not being like proud of myself because i communicated with someone that people generally turn away from and my sisters was like you and your best friend over there and i'm like oh we need this i'm going to get him from aisle two you know and he right. just, he helped us with every single thing. And I just, I loved yeah. it and I loved him. You know, I had so much love and respect for him in my heart and just wanted to keep that conversation going. And it was a conversation yeah. about like wood and nails, you know, and I'm like, I love it. It, it just, it made, yeah. it just, it was uplifting and yeah. So what you said about just it's, like, yeah not turning away because someone's different or, or not, you know, shutting down because you don't know, no, find out, figure it out.
0: Well, yeah. And then finding out, it's like, you can compare it to work. I mean, or just anything that requires you to put in effort or energy into doing something that could be considered difficult or, um, challenging, um, or, or out of the normal for you, something that you're not used to. And it's rewarding. It's the human connection is rewarding. And mm. also, usually when you put in effort or energy to accomplish something, especially something that you're afraid of, or something that you're not used to, it's most of the time rewarding. It's, it's just like, I mean, I'm going to use an example that's like kind of cheesy, but it, it might make sense. Like, it's just like, working out or like going to the gym like for a lot of people that's like a huge struggle and it seems daunting and like you don't want to do it and for well I'll I'll say from my perspective for me personally when I don't work out it's easy in that moment for me to decide not to and I'm just gonna watch a tv show or something and just like sit on the couch and like you know chill which feels great in the moment. But then later on that day, I'm like, dang, I really should have just worked out. Like mm-hmm. now I feel like that. <laughs> and then that starts to build up and then I'm and then I'm unhappy with my body image. Whereas if I just like, kind of like put in a little bit of e- energy and effort to do the workout, to go to the gym, yeah. I feel great after. And I'm like, oh, I need to do this every day. Like So I'm not saying it's exactly the same thing. I'm just using that as an example, as kind of like putting in energy and benefiting from it and mm-hmm. in this scenario it's benefiting from human interaction and human connection and human understanding the benefit mm-hmm. of that is increasing love and in increasing um empathy and increasing your experience as a human being like you're we're also just like cutting ourselves off from so many things in this life that we're living by just mm-hmm. avoiding avoiding like stuff like that like avoiding the the person with a disability who works at home depot do you know what i mean like and it's really easy to do that because i could just be like oh boom girl over there looks normal let me go talk to her you know what i mean and that's that's a case of the human condition but also at the same token like put in some effort and and you'll get a reward and yeah like bask in the fact that it felt good to do that you know what I mean and then it's going to make you want to do it more and it's going to just also open up your like energy and like your your soul and your spirit to uh other people to want to approach you as well you know so
1: I feel like in that moment I learned exactly who I was as a person And in Mm -hmm. those moments where you have that self-discovery, you can continue leaning into those moments, you know? And yeah, it's, it's, it, like I said, it was a really spiritually uplifting experience for me. I was like, oh, I am the type of person that wants to communicate with everyone that wants, you know, I'm not like, why is he here? You know, he's, he's, has these abilities. I was like, want to talk to you I want to make this work yeah. you know and and that yeah. and that's where that pride came from I was like oh I'm the type of person oh that kindness that I feel was you know it I was I was able to put it to use and now I know that I'm this type of yeah. person and I could continue being that type of person so yeah the reward exactly what you're saying um absolutely wow such powerful stuff
0: (laughs) yeah I love it um I would say before we go on a break I just want to literally like pound out a list of people that I like look up to and that inspire me I know we've done that already but there's so many (laughs) people that I want to mention like (laughs) take it from the top um yeah, literally I'm going to go down the list and just shout it out. These people have yeah. influenced me so much and also are just like out there like doing it, like just making it happen and inspiring like generations of people. So mm. huge thank you to Camille Brown, I already said, Jasmine Sullivan, Tiara mm. Wack, Sean Lemire Williams, Elyon Dance mm-hmm. Theater, uh, so much love. Kyle Marshall, Khadija Ahmadiyya, <laughs> missy robinson
1: yeah door shell
0: hack frank ocean
1: wow. <laughs> bob the drag
0: queen raymond pinto sidra bell choker if you don't know choker get into choker
1: i think Jacqueline you sent his music
0: i did yeah okay um, sean bankhead who are really just like at the top of their game right now as far as like wow. mainstream commercial dance and choreography they are just killing it um Dara Jamani Meredith who has been an inspiration for me and Deej since we were younger Christian Burr one of my students who is just amazing Angelica Ross India Moore Rihanna I mean the list goes on I'm just like so inspired by all of y'all and thank you for yeah just providing material and music and your souls and your artistry um for the world because we are listening (laughs) and we are being influenced by you. And yes, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Those are just some people that just came to mind, but anyway.
1: I would like to say that I made it to the list with Rihanna. <laughs> 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 my lifelong dream. Literally, I love it. Oh and also, right, I'll do add go to ahead? that Sorry, list. Go I just want to say um, Kane Coleman. And Matthew, mm. what's Matthew's last name? Perez. Matthew Perez. Um, yeah, I love the absolutely. Dragon Sisters. And yeah. they were in my dream last night, randomly, in my dream last night. It I worked. wish I could recall this dream, but um, I was thinking about it this morning. And it was a very vivid dream. Like, it was not like, oh, we saw them in passing. Like, I was right. hanging out with the Dragon Sisters in... I don't I don't remember what there was there's always some mission in my dream so I just want to add those two right. uh, to the list and they're, yeah, they're just doing incredible things um so I, I want to shout they out are. the dragon sisters <laughs> they're we have so to fly. we have
0: to oh sorry we have to bring them on the pod because I want to talk to them and and yes. just like know everything about their lives yeah they're amazing. a kiki Hello, <laughs> <little> kiki yeah
1: <laughs> yes okay let's take our break
0: all right sounds good All right, y'all, we are back and we are continuing our conversation about Black history, present and hey, future. Hey. Um, so I feel like now we should kind of get into just continuing or how can we continue visibility um, for Black people, for Black art, for the Black community, and how can we show the support not only in February, not just for a month every year, but 365 days every day. How can, how can we do this?
1: Yeah. Um, I think that's a wonderful, um, I think that's a wonderful like thought to think about because as I said in the beginning, the constructs that are against black people are very intentional. So it takes a very intentional effort to deconstruct those things. Um, And for me, I would say making it a conscious effort to realize what this country and what this world and what this globe is made up of. And it's Black people. It's people of color. It's people that don't look like you or love like you or um, live their lives like you. So what can you do to be a positive contribution? Uh, and, And what can you do to grow as a human being? And I think it's including people that are different from you in your experience. So, you know, it could be as simple as following more black people on Instagram and helping them promote and utilize their voice. It could be watching, you know, black shows. Um, We have brilliant directors, brilliant actors that are always kind of on this B list, you know, because their reach isn't as far. Um, So I feel like it's, it's in that conscious effort to not just live your life the way that you've been living your life. I think that it's the conscious effort, you know, someone uh, has started this 15% pledge. And I I think her name is Aurora or, or, or aura. Let me look on Instagram and I'll tell you her exact name, but she started this 15% pledge. She's the, um, I always forget these things.
0: No, take your time.
1: Yeah, her name is Aurora James, and she's the founder of Brother Baileys. Um, I follow her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She's an incredibly um, diverse human being. I want to say that her cultural background is, like, Black with uh, Mexican. She's She's got a very interesting... Um, heritage but she started this mm-hmm. thing called the 15 percent pledge where she's asked these large companies um, distributing companies to vow that 15 percent of their business and patronage goes to black people and that they're highlighting black brands and I'm talking about like Nordstrom and you know like these large conglomerate consumer um, that are part of the consumer industry and things like that like think these things have to be very conscious you can't just happen on black art you know or if you are then you have to be conscious about acknowledging it um so that that would be an answer for me is is recognizing that blackness is not just in black history month you know the sports teams that we love are made up of black men and women that come from the Mm -hmm. black community that go home to their black families. And we're not just here for a source of entertainment, you know, recognizing the humanity behind these people behind the fabric of this country that we love so much, you know, how can you be a white supremacist when so much of this country has been built by the hands of Black people and so much that we say that we love these sports teams, you know, these the, the music, all of these things are, 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 are sewn together by Black people. So really recognizing the humanity and that we are a community that we're not going anywhere, you know, and we're contributing and how can you uplift those contributions? How can you celebrate those contributions beyond just Black History Month where we talk about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks, you know, who are very extremely important and incredible uh, historical figures, but really making the effort to well-round yourself and and support black people in ways that you know we haven't seen
0: yeah there definitely needs to be more consistency um I also think to like obviously we need more representation um especially in well not necessarily especially but also in mainstream media because that's what society looks to (laughs) that's -hmm. what most people look to for answers Mm. or just for for anything you know we turn on the tv we turn on our phones and we look and and we learn and we see and we're experiencing these things and we're being influenced by them so there needs to be more representation visually like on the forefront Mm -hmm. and not only that there needs to be more representation like rooted in the systems in the organizations like if I'm gonna watch a movie with black people starring in the film, and it's about the black experience, but there's 10 white people writing the script, or there's white producers, white directors, and white casting, That it, it doesn't add up. So it's like, it becomes almost this like, stereotypical version of the Black experience, because it's not the Black experience. But yeah, we're, we're seeing exactly. it as that. But I, I just I just think that for sure that there needs to be more representation, not only visually in the media, but behind closed doors, like in the, the editing room, in the production, you know, in, in the creation of these things Absolutely. that we're seeing in mainstream media, and, and also just in organizations in general, like in dance companies, and just like, yeah, continuing to kind of deconstruct and reform these systems that we're also Mm -hmm. used to and that we live by um which are white you know um so even even things that we think are black sometimes are like not um you know so I definitely think there just needs to be generally across the board more representation and I think as as you said before as we both talked about before just doing our jobs as white people or as 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 su- supporters of of art and of media and and just making sure that we're highlighting these people that we're uplifting mm-hmm. these people and it, because it's just it's just it's not an even playing field you know unfortunately so it's 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 our job at this point to make it that way if that's what we want you know what I mean absolutely Um, yeah and once again I'm talking from a white person's perspective so we need to put in the work like we need to do the work to to make that happen because black people have already been doing it and yeah we we can't just rely on 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 black people to do all the work like usual like like how it always is and then once again we reap the benefits of it or we get to say look I hired a black Artist or look, the this black person is the star of my show. It, it can't be like that. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that we can't do that, but there has to be a lineage. There has to be an underlying effort. There has to be um, a consistent effort to to make those things. So, yeah, yeah. Every day, every Absolutely. day, we have to acknowledge it. We have to think. We have to continue to educate ourselves. We have to continue to learn new things and open up our minds a little bit more. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I'll say this, and then um, we'll get to rapid fire. But what you just said about behind the scenes, it just makes me think of another one of my favorite Black women and writers. Let's talk about Shonda Rhimes, you know, the creator of all of America's favorite television shows, Grey's Anatomy, right. Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder, so, so, so much. This woman is brilliant and she stands in her Blackness. Um, I just listened to her yeah. audiobook, Year of Yes, and it was amazing, you know. Um, and then there is Ava DuVernay, who's a Black director. And Absolutely. Who's, you know, making these critical, critically important films about the Black mm-hmm. experience, about the American injustice system, you know, like just very articulate and educated. And then my favorite Black actress, not right now, but just in general, especially since um, Watchmen, is Regina King, who's, who's oh, an mama. advocate. Yes. You mama. know, and then I look back through the history and I'm like, she's been in everything, you know, like all of everything. the historically um black films all of the classics like she's been doing her thing and playing her part and now she's getting that shine um yeah and then she just directed one night in miami which if if you haven't seen mm-hmm. that i think it's on amazon prime go see that with um with uh leslie odom jr who was the star of hamilton and in that film mm. is just incredible so i encourage everyone to see that but just more yeah. <laughs> black people black women in specific that are just that are, yeah, that are for forces sure. to be reckoned with and just need that continual recognition in the mainstream um, okay so are you ready for your rapid fire questions boom 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 boom. boom. i'm ready okay, here Bam. we go boom here we go miguel or frank ocean <laughs>
0: Oh my God, easy Frank Ocean, but Miguel is amazing too. (laughs)
1: Okay, (laughs) forest or farm to live on?
0: Oh, wow. If I could, I would combine them somehow, but if I could (laughs) choose one... You put, a forest. Forest, you
1: put a farm in the forest. I thought you were going to say farm.
0: <laughs> well, I would like live on the farm that's right next to the forest. So I could just like
1: on the edge, <laughs> make my
0: way in whenever I felt like. It. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. And the favorite place that you've ever been that you would like to go back to?
0: Oh my gosh. I, the first place that comes to mind, honestly, is Spain. And it was a while ago. So I oh gosh, I like don't remember Bilbao, Bilbao in Spain. That's it. Because there's so much um, artistic culture there. It's so colorful. And there's just like a mood and vibe about that city that I just like fell in love with. And I like did not want to leave. Um, Yeah, Yeah. look it up, get into it. It's beautiful. Um, But also Montreal. I love Montreal. And you know, I know you love Montreal too, and something always is um, pulling me back there. Hopefully, I get to go again soon. It's just a, art uh, there so was... much. Yeah, there's beautiful art. There's great community. There's a lot of culture there, and and I just felt so at home in that city. So yeah, yeah, those yeah. two places mind for sure.
1: You seemed at home, y'all. I went to Montreal, and Mark was speaking French. <laughs> I was try, like, we didn't to speak talk French. about well, this.
0: And then I left and you stayed in my apartment. I like looked on social media and you're like drumming with people on the corner. I'm like, what (laughs) is happening? I leave her for two seconds and she's like enjoying Montreal more than I've enjoyed it in like two years.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Montreal, those were the experiences. And honestly, that was my first time traveling outside of the US by myself. Um, And that was also my first time feeling the escape of... I don't want to say the escape of my blackness because that wasn't it, but not feeling the weight of my blackness everywhere I went in society. Mm. I went to coffee Mm. shops and there were where I went to like regular stores and instead of it being the whites or the black store clerk and everyone else being white it was like the white store clerk and everyone that was enjoying their coffee was black. It just like, and I know that, that, that Canada definitely has a racial, a racial history, um, a painful racial history, but it just felt like Black people were more integrated in a more equal way. I didn't feel like mm-hmm. when I went in a store, I mean, people might've been looking at me because I was American, but it just, they, it seemed like they were just used to Black people. I'm like, we, I, I, yeah.
0: why
1: are why is America like not used to Black people yet? I walk in the yeah, store and definitely, my eyes are on me. I didn't feel that. It's definitely not Montreal. as heavy, like, it's not as
0: heavy there, yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. you know there was the white nanny pushing the black kids like you don't see that in america you know what i'm saying you always see right. the black nanny with the white kids you know so exactly it just
0: yeah. seemed
1: to be this reversal and in, and in, in tons of um diversity so okay yeah.
0: well that could well last thing just before we go i have to say because it's on my mind now cuz you brought up Miguel. Do you
1: remember when he jumped? <laughs> I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for I you. I will never not remember. I will always remember. I will always think about it. If someone says Miguel oh. I'm ducking. Like
0: <laughs> I wonder if
1: <laughs> I wonder where, if
0: where he is thinks he? about that like a lot like or if he just like completely just like yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, anyway, you can't we love live you, Miguel. Down. Yeah. yeah, we do. You're great, but why did you do yeah, that? <laughs> <amazing>. Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> who choreographed that moment? Like, who told him to do that? He oh got God.
1: overzealous and like <laughs> thought he could make the leap. I don't know, but someone seen... bent backwards. <clears throat> someone got kicked in the face,
0: <laughs> and then they just went on about it like it was nothing.
1: He hit. She the was, was down note.
0: there dying. Yeah. And then and her he was friend singing. was like hanging out with him.
1: Like, like. <laughs> it would have been like, boom, boom, boom. You kicked my girl. <laughs> oh my
0: God. I love it. I love it. No. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm, this was a, this was a great conversation. So thank you. Um, I love you. Yeah. Twiggy. I love yeah. you too. And thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you all for listening and hope to have y'all back on the next episode.
1: Um, Two twigs in a pot. Two
0: twigs in a pod <laughs> <laughs> Alright, y'all. Have a good day.
1: Good stuff. Okay, peace everybody.
0: I ran with no engine. And I breed a coach. I breed myself. I got when I dropped.